So, at the very beginning, um, Okonkwo gets exiled, and then he's at his motherland, and they teach him a bunch of lessons, and then soon these missionary comes to convert all the people of their land, and then, um, some people start converting, and other people resist it, and his son converts, and then, um, near the end, when he gets back to his village, uh, he sees that almost his whole village is converted, and they try killing some of the messengers and stuff, but then he kills one, and then the others don't, and then he hangs himself. <laughs> yes, <very> <laughs> Uh, my summary is Okonkwo gets banished after accidentally killing someone. Uh, after a couple years staying there with his family trying to teach him lessons, uh, a white man comes and is trying to convert his village and eventually converts his son. And when Okonkwo returns, most of his village has been converted. And so he and a couple people who aren't converted try to kill messengers to try and get their people back. And they kill a messenger and the rest of the messengers escape and Okonkwo feels shameful and just decides to kill himself. Basically, we are at the beginning of his exile, and he goes back to his motherland, so like where his other half of his family is, and he's not very happy. He's like, this sucks. I want to go home, <laughs> but he can't, and so they teach him a bunch of lessons of like, oh, you should be grateful for this. This is a great opportunity for you, but he's like, nah, I still hate this, and so when he comes back, he pretty much shames himself into killing himself just because of one mistake. Yeah. Um, I think that everyone else did a really good job of summarizing, but basically, like, the end of the book is where Okonkwo's dead body is, like, dangling from a tree, and this passage kind of, like, serves as closure for the novel as, like, the past traditions of his community and himself die with him. And the author kind of uses this scene to, like, express, like, the cultural views of, like, the inevitable, like, death. So, yeah. And who do we think is the best? Um, I think it's a four-way tie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just I'll go take with, that. We'll just go with that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's talk about... Okonkwo's character arc and I feel like he learned very little throughout this story yeah he kind of like thought he learned things he thought he was being better but he was really just making himself so yeah. much worse yeah. he was like I get it men are better and I'm like no, no. that's not <laughs> no. that's not what you're supposed to yeah. figure out he, with like, this whole thing there were so many empty messages that he got and he used nothing like the whole entire book it's just him trying to not be like his father and him trying to not perceive himself as feminine, even though, like, femininity isn't, like, weak and stuff. And when he tries to not be like his father, he's actually being a lot like him, which he comes to realize, but it still doesn't change anything to him. Yeah, he tries so hard to not be his father, but he ends up just, in the end, just being his father. And at the end, he realizes that, and I think that's part of the reason he killed himself. Yeah, he, he like, focused too much on not being someone else. Like, he, yeah. he needed to focus more on himself and, like, what he thinks is right. Not like, oh, my dad was like this and I hate him, so yeah. we're just going to throw away all of his qualities, and no matter the good or the if, bad like, ones. It wasn't so prevalent, but that was, like, the only thing that he was constantly thinking about all of his life then maybe he wouldn't have been like his father because if he just like let it all go and lived his own life like according to like how he thought instead of having every decision and like thought be related back to him maybe like his tendencies wouldn't be the same also i feel like he tended to like 
not take any responsibility for his actions. Yes. Yeah. yeah, like all the time. And he never learned. Like he did get exiled. But the whole time he's like, why is this happening to me? I don't deserve this. And like when his like the people, the Kingsmen at his motherland are like trying to teach him a lesson. Like, oh, hey, this happened to me. But look where I am. I'm doing great. He was just like, oh, okay. And then the next chapter, he like just ignored everything. Yeah, he didn't really care what they told him. He just yeah. went off on his own. Yeah, he still like perceived himself as like being better, and like his thought was like better than everyone. And like he used that to like justify his actions, like killing his like son. He's like, oh well, I didn't want to be thought of as weak. And it's like, well, you don't do that by killing someone <laughs> yeah. you like and other people like like that is not the way to go about it yeah it's not like he was expected yeah. of him to be there everyone was saying like he should do the opposite huh? and he was just like no i, I think i'm going to yeah. you're like that was no don't do that yeah. that's not right yeah he can't be responsible for like anything he does or listen to anything else anyone has to say and if like a whole entire like community is like telling you that you're doing something wrong like and like you completely ignore that you like must have to realize and like look inside yourself that like maybe like if everyone's telling you the exact same thing like they have a point (laughs) yeah yeah um and then i feel like okonko at the beginning of the book I don't know. I don't know which version of him I like better because at the beginning he was always like having all these actions that were kind of questionable, but at the end he just like did some crazy stuff and we were all just like, what are you doing and why? Yeah. Yeah. But in the beginning of the book he kind of like brought like respect to his community and stuff like that by um, defeating that cat dude Mm -hmm. and... I don't know, he was kind of like a prized member and everyone kind of like looked up to him as a really like powerful figure. Yeah, but I feel like he used that his whole life as like Mm -hmm. validation. Like his whole life he was like, oh, I raised, I got here from nothing. I did that. But like he didn't continue his legacy. He didn't do anything to like make him worth like rememberable like for the rest of his life yeah, and you know? for like his end like the way that he ended himself was like just so contradictory to like everything <coughs> because yeah. he came back after being exiled for seven years and everyone was still like you're the best and he's like i know thanks <laughs> and but like then he he just like ruined everything he had built and even though like people had like given him the opportunity to be better he was just like no, I don't want to live anymore. We're just going to kill myself and, like, destroy everything that I have sought up to be. Like, everything yeah. that I've built for myself. I'm just going to ruin it. Yeah. Just, just because. And then also his friends. Like, that was a good point you made. Like, they were all like, hey, we still love you, man. We're happy you're back. And then he, like, offs himself. And then, um, like, his friend comes over and is like, will you help? But I feel like the friend didn't have that much emotion. Yeah. None of of his people really do have much emotion. They were kind of just, like, disappointed. They're like, come on, like, you're the strongest here, and you end, like, in the worst way possible. I'm not sure if it's just, like, um, his friend's not having emotion, or the author just not describing it at all, you know? Because I feel like the author, throughout the story, was like, 
a theme that he describes little emotion. The only part that I remember that he really like described it is when um Ikemofuna he got dead he got dead. <laughs> he um died and um then they were he was talking about the grief from the son and Okonkwo from that, but that's honestly or the only part. When the priest was taking away his oh, daughter yeah. and yeah. stuff that like too. that, yeah. that scene was really dramatic for like everyone, not even Okonkwo. Yeah, but I feel like throughout it was just like a long yeah. dragging. Um, so connecting to the white man's burden, in history at this time where the poem was written, we see a area, a era of industrialization in. Um, Britain followed by them like colonizing multiple lands and like the reasoning behind this was something they called the white man's burden where they felt since they were superior and they um like had all these like greater values and stuff they had it was like their duty by god to like spread these things and it was also like a term called social darwinism where it was like they used survival of the fittest to justify why um them the greater power should like overtake the smaller power because like the weaker power is gonna die off anyways you know uh-huh. it's kind of like the white man and the black man in this time is similar to like the poor man rich man stereotype because like the poor people could die off and no one would like even care because what people do is just make more poor people if they're poor and bring more into the society and like the white men just feel like feel superior and like even though like the black men don't have much they um like are so grateful for what they have. When you, I mean, you can even see that today with like when a poor person dies or a rich person. I mean, you look at the death of Kobe Bryant just a couple weeks ago, and everyone was like so sad about Kobe Bryant. There's a ton of memorials for him all across LA, and everyone kind of forgets about the other nine people in the helicopter. Uh huh. Like yeah. there were. Um, a family and it was a mother father and sister on the plane and one other sister was supposed to be with her family and she was just in high school but she had like schoolwork and so she didn't want to miss it and then her family died in that helicopter crash and now that high school girl like her whole entire family mm-hmm. died and she's just orphaned but it's not even like brought up in the news because like she's not as relevant because yeah, of that yeah. one person that died that we hold so mm-hmm. high like yeah. it's like oh no, nobody mm-hmm. else died like even though they did and there was like other impact we just look at the impact that affected us and mm-hmm. affected yeah. our daily lives and not like everyone else is like hey all of these other people died too why don't we look at them and like what happened yeah it is okay. <laughs> with also with this poem i guess like it shows superiority like what the missionaries felt they were with the people in the book like it was just kind of like oh we're better you need to listen to us we're here to save you yay even though like like, they're saying that they're saving people they're like are you really eating and forcing like their own religion and how godlike is that if like you're like doing that against people's like will and doing any means necessary yeah and it's like 
ironic because they're like, oh, follow Christianity and you'll be free. But at the same time, they're like, okay, but you have to follow Christianity. Or and else. you can't do this or that or else yeah. you're going to hell and like everyone's yeah. gonna hate I, you yeah. and... like your old religion no no they don't exist and it's like well yeah. you don't it's have very to demeaning. put it that what yeah. they think these people are like dumb like they say um child. yeah half devil half child <laughs> and they also they dehumanize them and they say by open speech and symbol simple a hundred times made plain they're like they're like if someone talks to you like yeah so this happened and then it's like it's very like what you said earlier demeaning to like the people and it's like why and they can't just like come into someone else's like society and like totally tell them that they're like culture and religion isn't real at all and like what validation do they have for their saying that like their god is more superior than like others and that theirs is real and others aren't they were kind of just like making fun of their whole religion they're like you it's like it's it's just a piece of wood and they're like like, you know yeah and they like the the people in the book who were like against christianity were like yeah this is a piece of wood but it represents this like it was something that like held meaning to them and they had followed for so many years and then these new people came in and were like hey everything's wrong this is all fake join this or you're all gonna like go (laughs) to hell and you're like well what what (laughs) what's this and like um catholic people have that one ceremony where like what do they take like ash and like rub it on your forehead like what meaning is that like if you're talking about like wood and oh yeah or like um the holy water during a baptism Uh it's like why is that water holy Just because, like, somebody said it. Someone said it. Yeah, someone said it was. And then they're like, oh, since someone said it was, it has meaning. But since someone said your stuff was holy, no, that has no meaning. Yeah, no, no, no. That's not not valid. It's not valid anymore. But this water, yes, it's very valid. Yeah. Um, so in response to the white man's burden, we see a Reverend um, H.T. Johnson um, responding with the black man's burden. And the whole time throughout the poem, he uses a very sarcastic tone. And like he's like, oh, yeah, sure, uh-huh, the whole time. <laughs> yeah, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's very much like taking what they said that they are like very serious about. And he's like, oh, yeah, you can do it. But he's like doing it in a way where he's like this is obviously wrong like why can't you see this and why don't you see it this way but he's saying it in a way that's almost like agreeing with them and i think it's really significant that he's a reverend because he's a man of christianity he's like oh yeah this is my religion i want to spread it but at the same time even though they're spreading it over there he's like able to see that that's wrong you know yeah oh yeah they should he see he's kind of saying that like they should have a choice if they want to switch to christianity or stay with the religion you shouldn't be forcing them to do and if they don't you make them slaves or even kill them and so they should have the choice and if they switch they switch if they don't they don't yeah and even like using terms like the red man and stuff like that like it's a really like mean term for like native americans and like although like the poem is like talking about all this other stuff it still has like underlying like racist like ideas Mm -hmm. it's like derogatory almost Mm -hmm. even though it's like in defense of them it's still like underlyingly derogatory i I feel like they 
this poem does it to like compare to what like the the white man would say. So he's like, oh, since you're superior, we'll just call everyone else this so that you can understand what I'm trying to say. So he's almost going down and like going to where he was where in the other poem it was like, oh, we make this simpler. So he is almost making it simpler for them to understand. Mm-hmm. Or like when it's talking about like the bullets and blood and death when um, the people of color like only have their like handmade weapons and arrows and stuff like that. It's when it's similar to when like the European colonizers came in to um, like the community in a compost like town and just like forced everything like upon them because mm-hmm. like they were stronger and mightier and wider and you know? yeah and you can see like the similarity because the elders of the like clan were like no this isn't right you yeah, shouldn't like, be able to like do something's this. up here like excuse me like I'm the same as you and they treat him the same they're like they think he's funny they're like oh this is a funny guy and then like he comes and like takes over what they know and they're like no you can't do that we're that's not allowed that's here not allowed. <laughs> yeah and then there's like a large justification through religion and we were talking about this earlier the irony with that like justifying one thing but not a other another um and like it connects to um what happened with the wood and versus like holy water. holy water yeah because um i feel like they both like have the same themes overall like through um the white man's burden the black man's burden and like compared to the missionary's point of view and the um like the village's point of view you know um <laughs> along with that you can see like how this is is very much like the book and the missionary because again with like the fighting with clubs and arrows like they didn't have that like sure they had guns but they only used it for like the ceremonial purpose like they didn't hunt with with no. their guns and they didn't use them they used the machete for them that was their sign of power mm-hmm. whereas the europeans came in and were like oh guns yeah, these are fun we use them for everything you yes know? they had no training with those guns and they're probably like kind of older guns are probably more of like a a single like round like that you saw in like the 1700s yeah in the revolutionary war versus the europeans which have the newer more powerful guns that would just annihilate anyone who does not have a like similar technology it's more of like theirs is for like a ceremonial purpose and then where the europeans is for like destruction and like killing and um in most like small cultures like that like even when they do kill an animal like they use the whole entire like animal like they use like its skin to make blankets and its bones for like building things mm-hmm. and they use all of the meat to and it like serves their whole entire community like for a long period of time but like when the Europeans and the colonizers just come and they are like doing this for like a violent like reason and just like having no remorse and um saying like even in the poem by better by far defend it with honor's holy breath because everything's in the name of god if it's like destruction and it's his will you know 
and then um, they like respect the nature and the culture around them. They expect the forest and the trees and the animals before they kill them. But um, then like you see the missionaries come in and they just build their church on the forest. They're just like YOLO, nothing's gonna happen, and it kind of like just offends the people. I guess I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty bad. Movie. Yeah. Okay, how this book serves in the 21st century is because although we've evolved and we've looked back at like the history and trying not to repeat the same mistakes that have happened in the past, we still have like very prevalent things like sexism and racism in our society and that's why we have movements like feminism and Black Lives Matter and like um, gun control, gun control like that. so that we can not make like the same mistakes that people in other societies and times have and that's why we take history to learn and not do the same thing over again that's true but also you can see that like a lot of people still think this way they still think they're superior because of how they look or if they're male or female or if they like a certain person over like yeah. somebody else liking a different person yeah. and it's just like it's kind of crazy because we've come so far and we've advanced so much since then yet a lot of our mindsets are still the same like it's hard for like people to break away from previous things that they've learned for so long but like it's it's just like a lot of people are still stuck in the same time zone even though we've moved on and everyone else has moved on they're still there and are like no this is right i am better it's like a morally ingrained in some people's minds like because even just in america not the whole world as a view um you see like people in washington california um and then new york who are like extremely liberal they accept everyone and they have very different views compared to like let's say someone from like alabama you know um like we see like a whole different like aspect between the two people and it's almost as we like live in two different worlds and some people like choose one mindset versus the other so are we really as advanced as we think we are compared to the people in these like stories yeah but it's also like in new age time like it's a lot of the older generations who like think like that because during their time like it was more accepted even though it still wasn't good then and they think that they're like still valid and superior. I mean, yeah, you just look back 60 years, 70 years, and we're fighting for black rights and Martin Luther King and stuff. But it's like the older people and the older generations, and if they teach their kids how they believe, their kids will fall under the same kind of group of people that thinks they're better than everyone else because of race or gender. And that just continues in an endless cycle. And until someone breaks that cycle, that'll just continue. You can see that especially because, like, I was on the internet, and there's a lot of interesting stuff there. And I found something where it was a convention on how to make women better for women by men. And I was like, hold up, hold up, this isn't right. And it was basically a, a group of men who were saying how we should be better. And I was like, okay. This isn't right. And their views were so wrong. But they were acting like they were the best. And you could see in the videos, they are like, this is the best. Men are the best. We all rule. And I'm like, what is that? 
happening. This is supposed to be like liberating, but it's it's so their views were like so off. But there were so many people who were there and supporting it, and with the and like the price to get in was like a thousand dollars, and there were like so many people in the video who were there, and I was like, you're paying a thousand dollars for this, and you still have these views that are like just so wrong. Well, and it's kind yeah. of similar to like abortion laws and where you could see that like men are deciding what the abortion law should be even if like women don't get to decide what the abortion law should be even though it's more or less their decision. Because, yeah. yeah. It's so crazy how it's like they believe they're so much better and they're trying to make decisions for women but it's like you can't do that. It's only us that can do that and you can see that in some other ways where women are like oh men should do this but like we don't have any say over them either. Like it's just we need to learn to accept everyone but that's not really happening. Mm -hmm. And everyone like claims that we're so unified and stuff like that <coughs> but like no one from different like political spectrums can even like consider the other people's views and like listen to them. We're so like closed-minded. Again, with, like politics, you see it a lot where they're like they suck because they believe this and it's like you don't even know the person. Like they're Yeah, they it's have just their own... like one little thing that's different. And it's fine to disagree with them, but I don't think that like you should hate people over especially because like all these movements are like towards accepting and stuff like that but if we're still like hating on a whole group together like how accepting are we yeah